0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Golden Thread Podcast. This is Marnie, and I'm extremely honored to have one of my new friends here in Chiang Mai, Thailand, uh, that I met during my travels here, Traveler Charlie. We're going to be talking about money, and Traveler Charlie is going to talk about their background and the connection with energy and money, top tips for everybody to learn uh about what's going on right now for you to help you with your financial future or financial wellness around how you deal with money uh so let's all welcome traveler charlie to the golden thread podcast nice to see you Woo! hello <laughs>
1: happy to be here thank you for having me on your podcast marnie
0: it's been a fun relationship um <laughs> And I'm, I'm really excited to unpack this, this topic around, and it can go into like spirituality and wellness and money, but really how people work with the energy of money and their blockages around money. And it just seems to be such a big thing. And I do believe that because of COVID and what's been going on with major institutions falling apart. People are trying to navigate and find their way with their relationship with money now in a completely different um, conscious paradigm, if I can say that. And I know we've talked about the age of Aquarius a little bit, but let's go into you and your background and how you got to where you are today. And just so we can let everybody know a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah. So hi everybody. Super happy to be here. I'm Charlie. My pronouns are they, them. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first gen clients invest like unicorn millionaires. And to me, a unicorn millionaire is somebody who is the first to do the most in their family, whether it's make the most money, first to go to college, first to go to grad school, but they're also socially conscious and they don't believe in hoarding wealth. They believe in accumulating wealth so that they can help themselves and help others. So a little bit about my background is I was born in Morelia, Michoacan, Mexico. At age three, I moved to random Eastern Washington state. We didn't have any family or connections or anything there. My dad just felt like up and leaving. I was undocumented. We overstayed our visa. So I was undocumented until I was 14. And just remember when I did gain citizenship, I wanted to get the fuck out of the U.S. And I went back to Mexico to meet my family. And so my life has been pretty tumultuous growing up. I wouldn't say it was a happy childhood, but just like a lot of people can relate to that. We might not have had the best childhoods. But to me, the cool thing about adulting is that you can go back to your five-year-old self and live your best life for them, which is what. I feel like I'm dedicating my life every day to five-year-old me who knew who I was. And I was just surrounded by adults who were hurt and didn't have the tools to heal and projected their insecurities onto me. Um, And what that meant to me was that I didn't get to come out of the closet until I went to college, until I was 17 or 18. I didn't realize I was non-binary until I was like 26. So With that evolution um, has come my career evolution. I worked as a teacher. I've done the Peace Corps. I've done AmeriCorps. I've worked as a tour guide. But in my 20s, I just got really tired of my labor being exploited that I realized that I need to get my shit together and take care of my future self because I'm not going to have this amount of energy when I'm 75. I want to take care of my future self, which is how I got into investing. So I worked as a stockbroker for a year and a half. When COVID hit, I realized how lucky I was to be excited about the next crash instead of freaking out like everybody else. Just because I understood how the capitalistic system works and is engineered for people who understand it, they're the ones that that benefit. And I was the most I've ever made working the nine to five was 45K, but I felt out of integrity as a stockbroker, just profiting off of people's losses that I quit my job and decided to start my own money coaching business. The phone calls that I would get that didn't fulfill me were the ones from the rich white people that wanted me to help them trade Apple shares. I was like, these people don't need me. <laughs> the conversations that kept me going were with BIPOC folks, LGBTQ plus folks, first gen folks who didn't understand about investing, but they called because they just realized they needed to start learning how to take care of themselves. So those are the phone calls that inspired me to start my business. And I've been running my business for over two years now since COVID started. And I'm currently in Chiang Mai, Thailand, where I met you, Marnie.
0: <laughs> wow. Like that was like, was definitely like a rainbow explosion of information. <laughs> 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 Trying to keep it concise for you. <laughs> yes. I love it so much. And, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of humanity. Everybody, they're so unique and and have such incredible ways of going about their lives and doing healing work. And obviously you and I resonate well, because we both have, are in the, in our own ways of our own healing journeys, but, um, supporting and recognizing and honoring and witnessing each other, uh, to, for the benefit of ourselves, but also for humanity in itself and finding your own purpose in that. And I know there's going to be a flood of questions when we launch this podcast. So, um, mainly the, one of the biggest things that, like I heard you say was, uh, the relationship of actually, you know, doing things that your heart was intentionally like, therefore, like the Peace Corps, like AmeriCorps, like growing up with a, a condition, trauma upbringing, which almost everybody has in some level to some degree, everyone's just waking up to that now. And, um, the hard, like real, uh, firsthand experience of, of working in the stock market and having that awareness of that incredible, you know, financial institution that we live in in the Western world. And no matter where you're, li- you're hearing this from, wherever you are in the world, there's all different kinds of institutions all over, right? So everyone has their own relationship with it, which I think is where we're, what we're trying to unpack here a little bit. Um, growing up with all different kinds of systems, everybody has different ways of dealing with money. Um, And, and especially like emotionally dealing with money and what that brings out for them. But um, I think it's really important and valid to see your journey and where you started from and where you are now and what you're passionate about and what drives you to continuously do what you're doing. And, you know, a lot of that um, I will say is like this dismantling, right? There's a lot of dismantling and that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of hard work. So way to go. Um, because <laughs> it's it is. I mean, it's like a fighting kind of energy, you know. And so you have to like always be explaining and take, and that's why like you do a lot of self care, um, mm-hmm. which is also really, really, really important. And uh, so I wanted to ask you in particular, you know, now that you definitely have defined like who you are and what you're offering, and and really the 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 people that you're here to support which you said is is a lot of the BIPOC community um as well as LGBTQ community um what would you see is now that you've been doing this for like 2 years and experiencing clients one on one what is the biggest conditional block around money that you see like a thread like what's the golden thread what's the thread that you see that you see constantly coming up with the clients that you work with
1: The limiting belief is that money is evil and that money is destroying the planet, which is true. It is, but it doesn't have to be that way. But as somebody who was raised with trauma, scarcity mindset, especially if you're a child of immigrants, what you hear from your parents about money is what you believe about money and it's not necessarily true, but growing up, like my dad was from a middle-class Mexican family. We were good, but the amount of self-sabotage that I'm realizing happened now is incredible. There was a lot of pain in my family, which is why my dad decided to uproot and leave so that he wouldn't be judged so that he could face his own family on his own accord. And without being intentional about it, (laughs) he was financially manipulative because he used his family's money and power as a source of manipulating his kids and my mom because he had the the pocket strings from his dad so I grew up believing that money was scarce and that people with money were evil and like yeah we were undocumented but we're not evil rich people we're not like them it was always a narrative of oh yeah we sometimes have money but we're eating beans and rice because we're we are raising ourselves to be poor and there's never enough. But then randomly, like (laughs) my grandpa would send us money so that we could go to Las Vegas three times by the time I turned 14, not to gamble because that's what evil, dumb people do, but so that we could go to the buffets and go shopping mostly to look, but not buy. So it was a lot of contradictory narratives that I grew up hearing, but that, yeah, money can give us nice things, but we can't even allow ourselves to enjoy them for too long. Because if we do, that's what evil rich people do. And that's all a scam. Yes, there are evil rich people, billionaires out there fucking up the planet, blasting rocket ships off into space, polluting shit. But there's also wealthy people who are donating millions or billions of dollars to charity to try to fix the problems that humans are creating on this planet. And especially if you come from a marginalized community, you're more likely to to know how to help people because you actually came from those communities. Like Jeff Bezos, dad gave him like $200,000 to start Amazon. Like these people are not self-made billionaires. So they don't have a sense of community. A lot of like these rich white people, they start community building seminars because they didn't have a community to start with. And Mm -hmm. for me, like people are like, oh, community is so important to you, Charlie. I'm like, yeah, if we don't have community, what are we? Community is a no brainer to me. So money can help you and your community, but you can't help others if you're filling from an empty
0: cup. Yeah. Well said, well said. And I, I agree with you there too, is, um, that root like interpret, like, I I think that root embodiment of that me that money is evil is something that, you know, has been conditioned within us from a very, very young age on many different levels. And I, and I also have that. Um, growing up with parents who were in the Peace Corps and things like that. um, There's this a very big like martyr syndrome of if you have too much money, then you're really not of the people as well. You know, mm-hmm. so you can't accumulate too much. Like mm-hmm. you're meant to stay in the middle-class arena. You're not meant to have too much accumulation because too much accumulation means that you're taking from your community and you're taking from everything else. So, like, how to find the balance of like what is really, um, I guess what is what is a connection that you feel is important for people to make when they're trying to heal their money wound, because there is a big trauma of money wound, you know. How do they, mm-hmm. how do you feel people need to approach this uh, when they want to redefine their relationship with money, because I'm sure you've had a lot of people um, hit their subconscious blocks and not be able to move through those hurdles with you. What is it that you're doing to help them really like recognize they have a block and then help them to overcome that?
1: So through my work, I help people just talk about money in a productive way for the first time in their lives (laughs) because we all grew up when, when we had a conversation about money, it was always bad. It was always scary. So that's how neurologically we're conditioned. Our bodies were conditioned and our brains were conditioned to say, oh, money talk equals bad equals fight or flight, scary time. And it doesn't have to be that way. So people come to me and and, and I just get them to talk about money. And all of these words that they're using to describe themselves don't really align with who I know they They can be. I'm a Virgo and I love like fantasizing about the potential of other people. And I have that gift. So I tap into that just by helping people talk. And a huge block that I see in my community is that people call themselves poor. I've seen people who are homeowners and have double incomes call themselves broke and poor. So I think the words that we choose are the first thing, first block that you can Start changing within yourself, which is something that I've started to do myself. As a coach, I was still an asshole to myself for like the first year. And but I still found myself helping people. So I was like, well, something's clicking. I can still help people make money their bitch and change their thoughts about money. But somehow I'm excluded from this and I still have to be an asshole to myself and, and all of that. And that's not true. So that's something I've been working on myself this year, is really starting to talk to myself in a different way, because our words are a reality, how we perceive the world is like a reflection of how we perceive reality. So if you're constantly telling yourself you're poor and you're broke, but also you want to make money your bitch, there's a disconnect and a disalignment that's going to make it a lot harder for you to believe that you deserve wealth. So words definitely matter. So that's the first thing I knock out. None of my clients are calling themselves poor after day one with me.
0: Yeah, I love it. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think that, um, depending on how you're, how we're all raised and how our connection is with it. But like you said, like people who actually have accumulated a substantial amount of wealth still will talk to themselves, like that they're poor, they're broke. They don't have enough. It's a very scarcity victimization mindset. And, um, You know, I I even in the healing community, I see this a lot too, um, the the victimization mindset, and it's not necessarily always a mindset, but it is a conditioning, and it is a way of like staying within traumas, trauma bonding, staying within those levels of scarcity, and not being able to break those patterns. And I know you and I also talked about like intergenerational trauma and healing intergenerational trauma. And um, which I find is like, this is like the golden thread in terms of connecting that to, you know, how we value ourselves, how we treat ourselves, what kind of life we want to live, how we're healing, going backwards and forwards, all generations, because it starts now, stops now, all that stuff. Um, and so many people are doing this work right now, which is really, really amazing because we're doing incredibly deep, deep healing work. And I do hear you saying at times that, that this is stopping with you, you know, in terms of old patterns, old ways of living, old ways of treating like that, whatever that condition was leading up generationally, you are the one right now that is redefining that. And um, can we unpack that a little bit of why that's important to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, as a queer person, uh, especially in the LGBTQ plus community, family estrangement is real. Like Our families are so hurt that once they see the black sheep, or I call myself the psychedelic sheep, step into alignment with themselves and realize they're queer or trans, that goes against the narrative that the family says that, oh, we don't talk about Bruno, we have to hide these parts of ourselves. So... I've started to get really interested in healing my lineage thanks to my therapist, because we just continue the cycles of our ancestors. In my case, I like calling them my transestors.
0: (laughs) It feels like I'm the
1: first (laughs) person in my family when I'm like, no, I'm not. There's a reason they hid this. I'm not the first I'm in a lineage of many transestors. Mm -hmm. Obviously they've hidden these, these people or these people hid themselves and they didn't even realize they were trans. Like I didn't realize it until in my mid to late twenties, once I started exposing myself to other people like me that I was like, Oh, I thought I was, it was enough to say I'm a lesbian. Nope. There's this whole other side of me that I didn't even know existed because it was repressed by society, by the family lineage. And I've been estranged from family. I haven't seen anybody in my family since Since 2016 was the last time I saw my mom. I haven't seen my brother since 2011. I don't know if my dad is even alive or dead at this point. There's just so much pain in my family of not talking about things, of just pretending things are okay and individualism of everybody going each their own way and just not communicating, which Mm -hmm. is what capitalism loves. Capitalism wants the separation. Capitalism doesn't want you to feel like you belong something or community so that you fill the void by buying crap that you don't need so
0: (laughs) it goes deep and deep it just it just you know i think this is why the power that money has how it goes through our lives in so many different ways it's it's it, it can establish safety it can establish security it can establish whether we eat today it can establish whether we have a roof over our head it can establish our social circles how we are in society i mean it is it is such an indoctrinated system that can give you complete liberation or it completely can devastate you and so there is i i agree with you like the num one of the biggest things is fear on how much control it has over your life and um yeah and when i think you when you start to unpack like just how intricate it is it's, it's like a Pandora's box. I mean, it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And, uh, you know, Charlie and I were talking about just the energy of money. And I remember doing workshops with people and we would talk about money and I would just ask them to scan their body and like, where is this living in your body? And a lot of it was like in the gut and it was like in the stomach. And of course, and then they would have digestion issues or uterus issues or lower back issues or eating issues or all the pleasure and pain issues of addiction. And I mean, it's a deep rooted energetic, um, like a parasite, I would like to say, mm-hmm. you know, that, that can, that really needs to be healed. And then just like what you're doing, making the conscious decision to do things that are very healthy for you, you know, doing the extra massages doing, like I see Charlie doing it all the time, like Mm -hmm. a lot of self-care because you are redefining all the way down to your cellular level, to the DNA level, like working on the muscle tissues, the fascia, the, the muscle memory, everything that's connected to this topic of money. And then really living a life where your energetic body your energetic being is in flow with your intentions and so when i watch you work with your clients it is a combination of deep emotional healing actually you know and then the vehicle is money in terms of like how can i support you and thank god you're a virgo how can i support you (laughs) right i say that every day thank god i'm a virgo thank god you're a virgo um because you need to have that you know you need to have that earth structure like virgos are really practical you need that like you know because you are still working within a system like in terms of even if your flow with money like your relationship with money is and i love these these like um what do they call them idioms of like money always grows on trees or like all these things that people say? You know, money always flows to me, or I will never have enough, or my wallet is always empty, or there's nothing like all these things that people say, like little by little every day, is um kind of like where I wanted to talk a little bit about, yes, there's the money mindset, yes, there's the positive talking to self, and then there's the action, right? So dealing with it at all levels. But what are some tips that you truly think are vital for people coming into this new era? Tons of AI that's happening. A lot of systems crashing left and right all around us. We are definitely into the age of Aquarius. Um, What are some of the tips that people can truly have like that they that they need to incorporate during these volatile times because I think we're only seeing the tip of what's going to happen right now
1: Mm -hmm. I would say surround yourself with not even
0: like-minded people surround
1: yourself with the people who you want to think like them because if I feel like especially in the Latino community there's a lot of memes going around about how we're broke like maldita pobreza fucking poverty There's so many broke memes going out there. So it's this culture of self-deprecation and just making fun of our lack and our scarcity. Whereas we would be so pissed if white people posted memes about how Latinx people or BIPOC people are broke. That would really piss us off. So it's all about calling out the narratives that we're internalizing and the self-hatred that is bringing us down and actively removing ourselves from those spaces. I'm not posting those broke millennial memes at all. I'm posting things about how I'm empowered with my money and I do know exactly what the fuck my money is doing with me at all times and what I'm doing with it that will help me in 40, 50, 60 years and how I'm helping people. But that didn't come just from me being around my old friend circle. That came from me paying almost, I've invested almost $30,000 in business coaching last year. So that I could pay to access spaces of people who I didn't grow up around, but who are able to view money uh, in ways that I want to view them to surround myself with other potential millionaires or millionaires because you never really know who is a millionaire and who's not people aren't really bragging about that shit. It ties back to the shame of money. You never know how much people have inherited, you never know how much debt people have. So get out of the comparison trap. But if you have to pay, like I do, pay to access those spaces with other people who want to leave their past selves behind that aren't serving them and want to build wealth together and, and heal and better themselves so that it becomes more normal for you. That has been essential for me. Nothing about me is self taught. All of this, the reason I'm in this podcast is because I've invested in therapy. I go to therapy every two weeks and I'll continue doing that for the rest of my life. And because I invest in business coaching, I'm investing in myself as a human, which is way sexier and funner than investing in the stock market. We're all about diversifying our income streams and investments out here. So that's the most important tip I would say is surround yourself with other people. Because if you surround yourself with people calling yourself broke and poor and and laughing about it, then that's how you're going to be,
0: right? Hmm. Yes, sir. I, I love it. And, um, and you you're great because you lead by example. And I think because where we are right now, with the huge amount of social media, it's it's really important to find those that are authentic. And now it's just not even ah uh, it's it's just so important to to connect with somebody. and then, and especially, connecting with somebody around the topic of money, it already brings up so much stuff, right? So like to to witness you living your life authentically is what is kind of viewed as like the role model that people are gonna aspire to or look up to to get themselves out of the situations that they're in. They're gonna be inspired by what you're doing. And this is like really important for all of us no matter what we're doing in our lives, is to is to live completely authentically. Because the moment that we don't, we're just not in alignment, and uh, people can feel that tremendously, right? So they can notice, like, wow, this is—I don't even know what they're doing out there now. Like, you know, mm-hmm. where where they're in the world and what they're what they're offering. But it, I think witnessing you and and being so exposed, you know, it also takes a toll on being so exposed and being so vulnerable and being so out there and i and you know i believe that um and i do i want to say like the unicorn millionaire logo i mean the the whole branding of it is so great and um we'll be sharing charlie's all of the social media um handles and how to get in touch with uh working with them but that's really important too, is just the, the public's perception of you. And then more importantly, of you really embodying who you ultimately want to be like in the end and living your best life. And it's possible. Right. And I think that a lot of people, one, they might not know where to start, how to get started, what to do. And they're just kind of scared, confused, confused. Um, in a space of deer in the headlights I have no idea what it is that I'm supposed to be doing right now because things are just falling apart as <laughs> they should be mm-hmm. in lots of ways um, what are the some of the things that you want to share with this community um, that maybe we haven't touched on yet today seeing ourselves as the investments
1: I think some Something that people come to me uh, with that they're nervous or hesitant about is that they feel like, since I talk about investing in the stock market, I attract socially conscious people. (laughs) If you're BIPOC, queer, marginalized, if you're basically not an able-bodied, cishet, white man, you're going to care more about being socially conscious and preserving the planet. So uh, I tell people good news and bad news. The bad news first is that There's no such thing as a socially conscious investment, but we're in the capitalistic system. The fucked up scam of it all is that our retirement accounts depend on the performance of corporations like Google and Amazon and Facebook. So it's not our fault. And people still want to pick socially conscious companies. They don't want to pick the evil companies. And I still tell them in order to become a million or billion dollar company you've had to have relied on some level of exploitation of labor of not paying other people uh, their fair share of the labor to to produce the output and the goods that that you're going to beat yourself up too much if you're trying to nitpick which socially conscious company to do they're all exploitative and you never know what's going on behind closed doors anyway too like I worked at a company that said it was one of the best places for LGBTQ people to work, but it was really just LGB friendly. It wasn't trans friendly. Like I got stared at when I would go to use the restroom. Colleagues would ask me why I was wearing a tie. They didn't care about pronouns, if anything, they, they were made fun of. Mm-hmm. So companies will always paint out this socially conscious face in order for you to believe that you deserve to invest in them. And it's all a scam. The good news is that we are the socially conscious funds. Instead of us thinking that we have to get our wealth from the stock market, from these external forces, I encourage you to think of yourself as the source of your own wealth and income. I think it's super cool that I make a living off of helping other people build wealth through the stock market, but also through their own businesses. I love helping people start their own businesses or, frankly, raise their freaking prices. Because especially as marginalized people, there's nothing worse than it's super common, but asking people to give you the friends and family discount, asking you for a free session, free this, because we don't value ourselves enough. So we're not going to value other people who look like us enough. And that's just a slippery slope. I'm the one friend that people have that's always like, that's all you're charging, raise your prices. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. I was like so lost in like I was like visualizing you like helping people and like dismantling the system. And and I do feel like there is this amount of, I mean, the unicorn energy. I forgot to tell you, there was a unicorn day, um, Mm -hmm. share it with you, which was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, this energy is a disrupting kind of like when I think of your energy and like the archetype, it is the destruction, the dismantling kind of disruptor energy, you know, giving a new pathway of living, a new pathway of understanding and a new way to have a relationship with money. And, um, I really encourage if this is resonating with anybody anywhere. Um, I'm gonna share the social media handlers handles with you all. Um, the website travelercharlie.com. Uh, the Instagram is travelercharlie. Am I correct? Yeah. And the but, blog is unicornmillionaire.com. And the <laughs> blog is unicornmillionaire.com. And mm-hmm. just to start, you know, maybe even if you're curious or you're you're thinking about it, especially with, you know, one of the Silicon Valley Bank just crashing. I mean, there's just, I mean, just take your pick of all the things that are happening. And of course this is America and there's lots of things that are happening all over the world. I mean, in Burma in particular, the military took over the banking system, can't mm-hmm. even have access to your money. So can you imagine that you can't even hide your money under your pillow because there's no place to like do a money exchange to actually get food Mm -mm. um there's a lot of major trauma that's going on in this planet and so if you're if you're not curious i'd be concerned for you um if you (laughs) just because maybe you're living in a little bubble you know of thinking Mm -hmm. that that system is going to really support you and take care of you and um we can see it left and right that it's not always the case and that might intensify i think it will intensify as we keep going on and on and on an upcoming election all these different things that are happening so really like start to start to do this work now um I would reach out to Charlie I would like watch watch so much information on um your Instagram I mean there's tons of information on there and book a session and can you tell us like what are you offering and how can people work with you
1: Yeah, so my only offer is that I do six months of one in one coaching with my clients. We start talking about mindset first, talk about credit cards, points hacking, um, and also just access to lounges is the shit I'm always sharing. Like, I got a free massage at this lounge. Look at all these amazing perks of credit cards and seeing credit cards. um, I didn't want to use the word hack. That's old self. I, I see credit cards as an investment. I see everything I do as an investment. And I also help clients literally walk them through investing with Zoom screen share and very transparent. I show my clients my investments, my accounts, because as a stockbroker, I had access to thousands of casual millionaires' accounts. And I was like, oh, these people are not special. They've just inherited millions of dollars and they still are calling because they don't know what's going on and they know what questions to ask. So they know how to preserve and expand their wealth. There's nothing special about them. They're just the lucky ones that know how to ask for help. So that's something that I help my clients with. And above all, just encourage them to see themselves as their own sources of wealth. I do business coaching as well for for my clients. So that's how people can reach out to get in touch, book a free call, 30-minute call, and we can just get to know each other and see if you do want to work with me and and release the guilt and the shame. A lot of clients who come to me are the first to make the most in their families, starting six figure jobs. And they realize that making more money doesn't make them less anxious about money. It takes the Mm -hmm. mindset work that we can start working on on day one. That will change how you view your money. The money's always the after effect, but there's so much within our own realm that we can focus on now, which is my jam with Mm -hmm. clients. Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah. And I really want, um, will you share one of your success stories? Because I think it's important to kind of, um, hear about some of the amazing work you're doing and how you're empowering other people to, to, and I don't like the word take a hold or, you know, really be able to, to create financial wealth for themselves, but also it's just like the joy and the happiness of the freedom that you Mm -hmm. get from being able to live a life the way that you want to live it. Once you've deconstructed all the conditioning around it. But um, just the liberation, can you share one of your stories? Yeah, one of my uh, recent
1: clients who just wrapped up six months of working with me was Bindu. With her consent, I'm calling her the investing MILF. (laughs) 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 We call her the ungovernable zebra. So Bindu came to me after going through a tough divorce, had three kids. Her ex was the the man who told her, oh, don't invest in the stock market. That stuff is risky. Don't listen to the man. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're the ones calling us brokers asking for advice because they don't know what's going on just because their money does not make them smarter with money. In fact, I think women, non-binary people are the ones who are more intentional with oh, money yes. and want to help others more with it too. Yeah. So came to me and she at first thought that I was going to tell her about restrictive budgeting and like more punishing style, like Dave Ramsey, be like, don't spend money on this. Don't, don't, don't do this. Don't do that. But we took a look at her finances and it wasn't really about restrictive spending. In fact, I encouraged her to be more intentional about the money that, that she spends. And instead of seeing it as spending, seeing it as an investment, like, all the money I spend on a massage, that's an investment. Everything I do now for for 40 years is going to be seen as an investment. So she totally shifted her mindset and she started getting excited about maxing out her 401k at her employer and being grateful for having an employer that gives her a baller ass match. It was like 6.5%. And she learned that the match is the bare minimum you Mm -hmm. should be maxing it out depending on your salary. At one point I was putting half my paycheck into my 401k, -hmm. but I was also making 45k. So that so wasn't maxing it out at the time. Um, But she, yeah, she went from being nervous and scared and thinking just about money in terms of budgeting and spending to being excited to check her 401k, check her investments and be excited to make the calculations that turned me on. She was like, if I invest this much, I'll have $600,000 in 10 years. And she just messaged me this morning, even though we're, we're not working together um, anymore. She messaged me showing that her 401k is up $800 and how magical it felt for her to just know that her money's up $800 and it wouldn't be up this much if it were just sitting in a regular savings account, but she understood that it goes up and down. But I just love that she's giving herself permission to invest. And one of my favorite moments working with her was when she took herself out to a bougie ass dinner. She wore this hot red velvet dress. She looked banging (laughs) and she had an amazing experience and just treated herself instead of feeling guilty. Like she wasn't doing good enough post-divorce. There's a lot of guilt and sadness and grief, but I helped her find the light at the end of that tunnel and celebrate herself as the investing milf. So Mm -hmm. that brought
0: a lot of joy to me seeing that. Yeah. I mean, I love that story. And I think it's important, like you said, a certain demographics of women, especially if, and me, myself, like going through a divorce and, and, and losing everything and then having to reestablish yourself, it's extremely terrifying. And so I, I do believe like an educated financially independent woman is one of the most powerful forces on the planet uh, because she will make more conscious decisions with her money and her wealth and always it's going to be towards the betterment of society and the community Mm -hmm. i really just i truly believe that and so hearing how and we see this happening all over the planet right now women just going through a whole resurgence of reestablishing their rights to their bodies to their relationships to their careers to their roles in general. Um, it just seems to be a never-ending battle. And if you need to have someone on your corner to help you during this time, um, reach out to Charlie and start the conversation. Just start the conversation with yourself. Start the conversation with how can I, you know, feel more secure and confident about my relationship with money. And it just takes that one moment of like, I'm ready to just start exploring that for myself and there is a lot to unpack it's not an overnight thing i think that you need to to realize it is a long haul kind of thing and you said like sometimes people have been talking to me for a while and then they finally sign up when they when some a lot of it is like dismantling but um can you go over your social handles one more time so people know how to get a hold of you and i will put it on the podcast as well in the description
1: yeah. My Traveler Charlie is my IG handle. I'm over. It's always a party on my IG. I'm twerking. I'm getting massages. I'm talking about maxing out my IRA for the eighth year in a row as a trans person. We talk
0: about it all. <laughs> yeah. Someone and that's me uh, Traveler, T-R-A-V-E-L-E-R, Charlie, yes. dot com as well as that's the same handle for social media for Instagram. And you're also the unicornmillionaire.com. Yeah, that's the name of my podcast too. So the
1: podcast blog is Unicorn Millionaire and my social media is Traveler Charlie.
0: Wonderful. So if we Okay, thanks everybody for tuning in. But if you had one more thing to say before we sign off here, I really appreciate your time. And, and for just starting to open up these avenues, um, especially I feel like for the generations that, well, all generations, but, you know, the generation in particular of, I mean, the millennial generation, the ones that are coming up that are incredibly autonomous with who they are and what they want to do, um, to have somebody savvy like Charlie in your team is going to really catapult you. So um, anything to take us out with?
1: Don't wait to invest in yourself. Stop waiting for somebody to come save you and take care of you. Don't wait for the capitalist capitalistic system to take care of you because if anything, during COVID, the government proved that its best interest is in corporations. It's always going to care more about corporations than people. So take care of yourself. You do deserve to grow wealth. There's nothing wrong with building wealth, accumulating wealth. The only wrong thing you can do is hoard it and keep it for yourself out of fear, instead of helping others, but you deserve to be a millionaire or multimillionaire. Go get the bag.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go get it. Go get it. And I wish you guys all the best wherever you are on the planet. And thank you for tuning into the Golden Thread podcast. Stay tuned for more conversations around all the issues that we're dealing with right now to raise your vibration and Help yourself and hey. humanity. Thanks, Charlie. Thank love you. you. I'm about to twerk to raise my vibration. Yeah, you go <laughs> do it. All right, talk soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.